Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. And we've moved our way past the 100 episode mark. This is episode 101. It is Wednesday, September the 21st, 2022. And the event that we'll dive into today, the finale of the 2022 United States Pro Kart Series, the Heartland Grand Prix from Newcastle Motorsports Park, of course, in Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, David Cole and Nate Dean were trackside throughout the weekend. A lot of great content, amazing content actually coming out throughout the week. Nate, of course, uh, helping out with a bunch of uh, awesome daily videos as well. So lots more stuff coming throughout the 2022 season uh, from both David and Nate. This edition of The Debrief is brought to you by Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels, including the Scusa Pro Tour and the United States Pro Card Series. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Kart Republic chassis and IAMI engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. All right, David, Nate, let's bring you guys in. You guys were trackside while I was down in Texas for the finale of the USF Junior Series, but I followed along all weekend long. Lots of great stuff. David, I'll let you take the reins right now. But again, Heartland Grand Prix, September 15th to the 18th, Newcastle Motorsports Park, capping off an amazing season for the USPKS. Yeah, certainly one for the record books. It was, you know, number wise, it was massive. Just just the atmosphere and feel of each and each of the four different events that we had throughout 2022 was was just intense and, and exciting and a lot of different drama here and there, depending on the weekend. And, you know, thankfully, uh, Newcastle, we got through another race weekend without any rain. And I think that was a, a major, major uh, selling point. September, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. And True. we haven't quite dipped into that fall weather yet. It felt like July really being at Newcastle all weekend long with, you know, mid 80s, a slight breeze to kind of cool you down a little bit, but, you know, not massive humidity that we're used to during the summer months. But all in all, a great, uh, a great um, backdrop for what was the conclusion of the 10th season for the United States Pro Card Series. You know, Nate, I know you were out obviously doing video throughout the weekend and helping out with our, our coverage and our immediate top tens we put on the social media channels. What were your thoughts overall on the competition side as essentially a member of the media track side for this particular weekend? I mean, on the competition side, it was my first USPKS event. So it was really fun to see, you know, the big names outside of where I've seen them before at yep. uh, Scusa Supernats and just really close competition. The level of skill from these drivers was insane some of the drives that we saw that we'll get into later in the show was breathtaking to say the least and i will say in the years i've gone to newcastle it was the first time i left thinking this was actually decent weather it wasn't freezing cold and raining and it wasn't <laughs> scorching hot it was the first time like okay we had nice weather at newcastle yeah, you know what? I don't know that I've been to a really nice weather weekend there either. To be honest, it's been usually super hot. We've had rain uh, you know, when I've raced there before. So, yeah, you're right. Mid-80s mid, mid 80s throughout the weekend with a bit, of a bit of a breeze. David Kapanoff, the 10th season of the program. It was rounds number seven and eight of an eight-round championship. As we all know, best seven counts. So the championships, of course, one of them essentially locked, but we'll go dive into that more and more. 
Before we do that, David, let's look at the by the numbers as we do in every edition of the debrief. Uh, last year at Newcastle, they brought in 270, but it was earlier in the season, if I'm not correct, 243 final entries this, this past weekend. Yes, that is, that is correct. It was earlier in the year for the uh, for the 2021 season and now wrapping up for the 2022 season at Newcastle. So you expect a little bit of a drop off in terms of numbers. It was a bit higher, a couple entries higher than Road America, which was the third event of the 2022 season. So it did go up from Road America, but not quite to the numbers we saw last year with 270 for the uh, for the total. So 243 this weekend, which is still, again, you know, almost over that 250 mark for the event. And again, this has been the only event we've seen over the last three years under 200 entries was a 2020 Road America event with 165. So it's been a great run of three seasons of basically every event over the 200 mark and and nothing quite like having 60 drivers again. <laughs> repeating same number we had last year 60 drivers in the k100 senior category and that just again shows regional drivers coming into race uh, the the uspks regulars coming to race you get all that and you get massive fields uh for the weekend yeah what i find was interesting was you know indeed a drop of what 27 entries all total uh from last year but you look at a number of the categories we talk all about the fact that have for 20 years that through a racing season of a, of a particular series, you're going to see drop off throughout the end. Some drivers are no longer in the championship fight, gets closer to the start of school. Maybe the budget gets tight. You're always going to get less and less at the end of the year. But KA100 Senior, exactly the same as last year at 60. KA100 Junior actually up 7 to 50. So both those categories, unbelievably strong. There's 110 drivers just in KA. Uh, and, and Mini Swift drops one, uh, down nine in micro. You know, the biggest drops, obviously, were micro, from 35 down to 26, uh, X30 Pro from 38 to 27, then X30 Masters from 26 to 20, 26 to 16 rather. Masters, we've seen a, a drop in in you know national level participation across the country, uh, but otherwise, David, there's a couple classes still super strong. Yeah, the numbers are still strong. You know, Masters, yeah, that's something we've noted. Uh, over and over again. And again, the 16 drivers that are there, I mean, you can you can throw a, a towel over all of them because they were all right there. It was so close and great competition and all that. And same with, you know, X30 uh, Junior, 28 drivers. Yeah. Over half are, are, are capable of winning in the weekend. And then you throw the X30 Pro, you know, with 27 drivers, again, all of them with the capability of winning. It's just certain drivers kind of, show the uh, show the way a little more than others <laughs> indeed indeed now I, i'm scrolling down must if we're going to jump into this in the next one. i don't think you have it down there let's jump into this right now real quick before we cap off this segment one of the things when we did the buy the numbers in the outlet preview was there was going to be a last chance qualifier for ka 100 senior i wasn't trackside so film me and everybody else who maybe hadn't been in there they elected to start all 60 drivers right what what was the what was the motivation to not do the lcqs I never got a, a definite answer right. as to why um, it did help, you know, give us a, a longer lunch break. But USPKS typically has a pretty good lunch break already uh, in the schedule. Um, really, I think it just boiled down to is Newcastle's large enough. It's and that's it that's yeah. essentially what what we got, uh, you know, from talking with people was that it's large enough. So why not? And I just you know, I'm totally against that. 
You know, you, you set a, you set a format, you set a standard throughout the year. 45 has been that number. And, and I'm not sure why you, you bounce back from that. Yes. 15 people are going to go home, but they also have the opportunity to race their way in. And some people, you know, don't and, or, or just, it just can't happen. I just, I love having the same format throughout the season. I, I understood why they changed the whole Friday qualifying situation. It wasn't, it, it just wasn't working out. People weren't, weren't behind it a hundred percent. I understand that, but this is a certain point. This is a situation where say a championship contender had an issue in, yeah. in the, uh, in the pre-final. Well, now they're starting all the way back in 60th rather than 45th. If they were able to race their way through in the LCQ. And it just, you got to stick with the same type of format. Again, it, it deals with championships. It deals with just, again, a professional series. You know, you don't see Formula One changing the format on the fly uh, unless it's weather or safety related. And it's just, um, I, I don't get that. And again, KA100 Junior, they, it should have been 45. They should have had an LCQ and five people should have went home. I just, I like that sticking with that format. You know, back in the day, it used to be 36. So there'd be a lot more people going home if we were, if we did it back in the old day and they did it, you know, we used to get what you remember WK Daytona cart week. I mean, we would get 60 entries in some of the sportsman categories and they would send home 24 drivers. They would not race in the main event. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and I, I've always loved the LCQ. I've always loved, loved the, uh, that extra bit that, to try to get into a race that the last chance qualifiers, always some of the funnest races to watch is it's do or die at that point. Right. So, um, all right, first break of the action. This edition, again, of the debrief, number 101, as we dive into the USPKS finale from Newcastle Motorsports Park, Trinity Karting Group, our sponsor. When we get back, we'll dive into the Paddock Pass. Stay with us. More to come. 2019 marked a new era for the Cartlift brand, the company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since 2003, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, purchased by Ted Fashing and his business, Stockholm Karting Center, in October of 2019. Stockholm Karting Center, Inc. has added the Cartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past 25 years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone, and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide, on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone, or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper, push the button, and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cartlift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cartlift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country, or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-777-8020. Get a cartlift and leave your crew at home. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. 
Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to episode 101 of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast, all part of our EKN Trackside Live coverage. We'll dive now into the paddock pass where we look a little bit uh, outside the racing itself, some of the stuff that may have happened in the paddock or uh, within the uh, the event itself. Franklin Motorsports, a sponsor of this edition of the paddock pass. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. They specialize in IME engines, tillet seats, and of course, their championship winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start to finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand at a weekday test outing or a club event, to full arrive and drive packages at the highest level of competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. All right, David, let's just jump in with the very first and foremost thing here when it comes to the uh, paddock pass, and that is essentially uh, the USPKS on IAMI reinstating the result for Rocco Simone from Road America, an issue with the uh, the air box. Dive into a little bit of that, uh, unpack it a bit, and tell us more about it. Yeah, they sent out a statement prior to the weekend uh, that they have discovered that some of the uh, – Airbox tubing was not coming in at the uh, the regulation height. I believe they were coming in short. Um, that was the reason for the disqualification of Rocco Simone. So IAMI has discovered some other tubes that have been, uh, you know, coming from the factory that were not measuring uh, to the standards. So uh, that disqualification was reinstated. So essentially made for a uh, an interesting uh, micro swift championship heading in the weekend because that propelled. Simone to be, to be a bit closer to Ashton Woon in the championship chase. So uh, added a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, championship drama uh, heading into the weekend. Again, both drivers still needing to do what they needed to do. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, when we get into the race report. But yeah, again, you know, just USPKS and IAMI making sure that that, that parts and 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 uh, all the uh, the tech situations are are consistent and remain uh, as they should be. Indeed, that's that's one of the things we've seen over over many years of the, of the sport. It, it sometimes it does happen where it actually comes from the manufacturer, or the part supplier. It's not like somebody actually, you know, they bought a part, bolted it on the cart, or bought it whatever, and went racing. And that's happened before. Uh, so I like the move on. I know that some people probably weren't super happy about it, but. Again, it's when it's a when it's a part supplied by a spec program. It's you always want to kind of have a little bit of leeway, I think, for those buying the product. So it's a good customer service move, of course. And as David said, we'll dive into it later uh, and see how that kind of affected the way the uh, the weekend rolled out. Uh, one of the things we see mid season, David, occasionally is drivers starting to move to to, uh, to new equipment. Uh, and one of the key moves, I think, a driver we've seen win championships in the cadet categories, Enzo Vidmontian. Uh, making the move over to Motaz Sport, who also moving over to the Kart Republic program. So kind of a dual whammy in terms of 
uh, some not so much silly season, but mid-season movement. Yeah, this one kind of affects the industry and also a driver, you know, making the move over to Motez Sport is uh, Enzo Vidmontian racing with Tim, Team Bennick prior to that. Again, yeah. as you alluded, uh, Supercard USA and USPKS uh, champion in 2021 in mini Swift category. Uh, so, again, this has been his junior season in uh, uh, 2022, racing again with Team Bennick, now making the move over to the Cart Republic brand, which is now under the Motez Sport uh, operation. So, Motez Sport now among the Cart Republic dealers out of their base in uh, eastern or western Florida, out there in at the Anderson Race Park there, uh, north of Tampa Bay. And so, uh, a little bit of a change for Motaz Sport. They're still representing uh, Burrell Art product. They have a lot of that in stock. Uh, but uh, moving over to the Cart Republic brand and welcoming uh, a driver, new drivers under the tent that weekend. Uh, one of the things we've talked about throughout the season too is, uh, and Dave, you you brought this up many times. That there's been kind of a, a a shift and evolution in terms of the staff with the uh, the USPKS different race directors, Blake Hunt in there now. Um, give it, give us an update on how things have worked this, this finale weekend. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's still kind of a, a moving target, uh, with Jason Ludwig leaving after the Orlando event. Uh, you know, the USPKS is still trying to, uh, to find, you know, kind of the nucleus. They had a, a strong nucleus there for a long time and, and now they just got to find the right pieces and parts that, that kind of fit together, you know, again, much like you know, a driver and a team, you, you're, you're, the officials kind of have to to mend and, and form a chemistry as well too to kind of you know n- understand what how each other work and how they, they they see things and how they call things, and that's just again one thing that the USPKS is kind of striving for. I think the tech department obviously does a phenomenal job. They've had Rick Jump there and Tim Anderson for a long time overseeing that side of things. So, you know, with Jason Ludwig leaving, it's still trying to find that core nucleus. And then Blake Hunt still, you know, trying to find his position as the race director. You know, it's it's not an easy task to learn. Um, you know, he does have some, some uh, you know, experience with at the club level. But when you get to an event level, you know, this is, you know, let's let's face it, it's bigger numbers than Supercar 2SA Pro Tour. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot of different... <laughs> personalities and characters and, 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 and attitudes that you have to deal with when you're a a race director. So, you know, Blake's trying to, I guess, you know, Blake's trying to find his own path in this uh, new position, as well as the other pieces that fill out the, the on-track official. Cause again, it's, it's been a moving kind of almost not necessarily an open door, but they've had some officials there the whole year, some coming back and forth. So they just, they got, they got to get that nucleus back. The consistency. Yeah. To get that consistency. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with five events next year. Again, it's, it's very tough to, to lock people down for a long program like that. So we'll see what happens and we'll see what they're able to do during the off season to kind of, you know, uh, address that and make it, as you said, more consistent for 2023. There it is. Your paddock pass presented by Franklin Motorsports, a little inside into the weekend, another quick break. We get back. It's time to dive into the class by class race reports, which will be brought to you by CRG Nordam. Stay with us folks. Episode number one Oh one of the EKN debrief back after this quick break. 
It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perlin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Perlin USA is North America's source for Perlin products we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Kart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life, as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing kart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 101, where we take a deep dive into the finale of the USPKS for 2022. The race report now up, brought to you by CRG Nordam. Here we go. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and they're primed and ready with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. Check out the new CRG KT5 for tag and shifter racing, the Black Mirror for cadet competition, and the FS4 for Briggs. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com. And to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. All right, David, Nate, this is uh, up to you guys. You guys were trackside here. I'll let you banter back and forth. I'll dive in when I can. But uh, as we always do in these editions of the debrief, I'll lay out the headline. You can fill in the information. Uh, X30 Pro, here it is. The headline, Jones doubles up as Norberg defends series title. It was still a, uh, a Rollison performance group domination up front and all weekend long. 
uh, in the X30 Pro category. This time we had different players in the mix. We've seen Ryan Norberg kind of be the person to beat, came in with that six-race winning streak heading into the weekend, and that was in jeopardy with uh, both Hayden Jones and Nate Cicero certainly applying the pressure uh, on Saturday. Norberg went out and set fast time in qualifying, but at the start, he actually waved by Hayden Jones and Nate Cicero. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw that, uh, Nate, if uh, if you saw that or not, but I did uh, from atop the Mazda building, and it, it was quite an interesting call. It was almost like, hey, you know, in terms of Norberg, I'm just going to work with my teammates to kind of help get away from from everybody else. Did you see that, Nate? Yeah, I saw it. I, th- I think I was on track with that one near uh sean car chasers video and photo guy and we were both joking about how you know it's been a long season for him so he probably just got bored and wanted to fight a little bit but i mean yeah if it's a matter of don't i mean we don't really know what was going through ryan's mind there if it was a matter of hey i think you guys are faster i'll be the caboose here and i'll push or if it's just i want to have some fun and pass you don't know but if ultimately, if you go further into the races throughout the weekend, that may have bit him a little bit in the rear end. But yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, and and I almost thought it could be saving tires, or it could just be measuring up how their how their pace was during the pre-final. You know, as teammates, that's something you do. You know, he didn't need to have win the pre-final. You know, essentially had the championship locked up with the performance on Saturday, no matter what he did, as long as it wasn't a disqualification. So. Uh, yeah, that was a quite odd situation, but overall it was the RPG one, two, three throughout the weekend. Uh, but Norberg just wasn't quite in the main event. It was basically uh, every man for himself and Hayden Jones and Nate Cicero put it to Norberg. Norberg sat in the third spot for a number of laps and and Jones was just able to kind of outmuscle and outwit uh, both Nate Cicero and Norberg and just powered away to uh, what is now his second career victory in the USPKS program. He won his first one last year in his RPG debut at GoPro at his home track. And so now this one, he was able to pull off with a, uh, a four-tenths victory over Ryan Norberg. Late in the race, though, however, Jeremy Fletcher was able to, to run down Nate Cicero to seal that final spot on the podium in third with Paulie Massimino rounding out the top five. Yeah, Um trying to think i was gonna add rpg has just been so so consistent and upfront and it's i mean really in the x30 categories for both the senior and for junior it's always been the purple and blue cards so it wasn't too much of a surprise to see them up there i know hayden and maybe nate talked about it a little bit in the pre-show for the final they were saying you know ryan's wrapped up his championship it's going to be gloves off for this for these races and for these finals and just by the starts uh you could see hayden and nate really crowding norberg really squeezing them trying to get in front of them and ultimately it did work for hayden do you think that uh rawlson gave him the green light dave go at it yeah you know as i said you know it was every every driver for himself it was it that's kind of how it was and i think you know yeah, as Ryan as Ryan talks about in his interviews, he's worked with these drivers, uh, you know, over the last two years, maybe three years with Cicero, yep. over the last year with Hayden Jones. So, 
he's kind of he's developed them to the monsters they are now <laughs> and yeah. and sometimes you know the student gets the teacher and you know that's kind of how it was and unfortunately it ended uh that winning streak that we all were hoping to see go to eight but uh you know history was was cut off at six for ryan norberg indeed the victory for jones uh, by four eight two just under half a second uh, fletcher as just david said was able to come in there to finish third cicero ends up in fourth and Paul Massimino rounding out the top five. Hard charger Justin Atticonis up eight spots, started 21st, uh, battled his way up into the 13th position. And David on Sunday, obviously Cicero was in the fight all day on Saturday, came back and started off the day, you know, in style, qualifies P1 to, to get things underway. Yeah, he did. He, he, Nate looked like he, uh, he learned a little bit from Saturday, you know, as we mentioned, got beat out for the podium there in the main event and uh, certainly put, put the work in overnight to try and be quickest on Sunday and did that. Uh, however, a lot of drama happened in the pre-final uh, and Nate got some great photos of the, uh, of the action. I was actually standing right there watching it. I, I was not smart enough to pull up the camera and take <laughs> photos of it. Cause I, I knew I saw it coming and, and I just didn't, I just, again, didn't have that instinct to put up the camera, but uh, you know, eventually during the race, Norberg got shuffled back to, I want to say about the sixth or seventh position. And at that time, Diego Ramos was right in front of him and Burrell Art, uh, put a heavy defensive move into the, uh, the green corner was Ramos Norberg was on his bumper pretty hard, pushed him all the way through the corner. And then the two got side by side as they came out and started making that downhill left towards the scoreboard. As they did that, Wes Dushak came out and went made it three wide. So essentially it was a Norberg sandwich sandwich with Ramos and Wes Dushak uh, on the outside. Norberg obviously didn't want to crowd his teammates. So he kind of crowded uh, Ramos a little bit more and uh, Ramos not knowing that there were three wide kind of pushed Norberg wide on that kink there, that left-hand kink. The two made contact and essentially took each other out of the pre-final race. So it was uh Nate, that was quite an interesting moment uh, in the pre-final. Yeah, and I think kind of missed where it all started with towards the start of the race where Ryan and Marion Crummers got into it and the exit of turn one, Crummers kind of going, not completely up and over Norberg, but getting up on top of them. And I think that kind of set the precedent for the Norberg versus Burrell rivalry for the rest of that race. <laughs> um, Ryan and... Marion, again, having a little bit of a tussle on the exit of scoreboard, resulting in Kremers going off track and kind of putting him out of contention for the pre-final. And then, yeah, the incident that we'll call it that happened at a green corner happened between Ramos and Norberg and pretty much forced them to have their work cut out for them for the final. Uh, interesting thing. Obviously, this sets up Norberg to be in a place where he normally isn't. That's at the back for the start of the main event. Ends up starting 25th, coming up to fourth as the hard charger. 21 position improvement for Norberg. But David, how did the main event uh, unfold with, with Norberg so far back? Yeah, that essentially put the spotlight on the other two RPG drivers, Nate Cicero and Hayden Jones. Jones actually got shuffled back early on in the main event. Uh, Cicero took over the top spot and was leading the way. Looked like he had, you know, the the pace and the ability to uh, to earn a chance, turn a, earn a victory. Unfortunately, the rear bumper came loose, and uh, later he would be meatball flagged off the racetrack and lose his ability to compete for the victory. 
that essentially put Jeremy Fletcher and Pauly Massimino as the top drivers. That was until Hayden Jones was able to work his way back up towards the front, get by both of those drivers, and then from there, drive away to a 1.8 second victory, earning his second on the weekend and picking up the $5,000 check for the weekend winner. Yeah, boom. <laughs> Big money. Good job for Jones there. Fletcher ends up in second, as David had said. Marion Kremer's third. Norberg, as I said earlier, the hard charger coming from 25th up into the fourth spot. Pauly Massimino, another top five finish. So good overall weekend uh, for Massimino as well. The points, of course, were pretty much locked and loaded coming in. Norberg ends up with a 429-point advantage over Hayden Jones coming in second. Pauly Massimino not that far back in third. Two top fives in the uh, the last two races of the year helping him uh Weinberg David and Kremers rounding out the top five but just we don't usually see that th those big gaps in fourth and fifths 600 plus points back because Norberg was just the dominant factor all year yeah when you get six victories uh to start off the year that essentially locks up the championship in an eight round uh, a battle yeah, and it was a good battle. You know, Kremers put in a fight, you know, was second second at one point. It was a great little battle for second as Jones kind of drove away from the rest of the field. So, again, a talented top five there in the championship chase with Jones, with Massimino, Weinberg, again, not having a great weekend. I think that hurt him. He had the ability to either be battling for the second spot on the championship podium, but just didn't quite have the speed all weekend long where Massimino uh, on the CRG, both under the Speed Concepts Racing tent, certainly had the speed all weekend, placing fifth both days, and then and then Kremers again, world world championship talent, just again trying to find his rhythm there in the single speed uh, category. Well, I'll stay with the senior class. We'll go to a different engine. We'll go to the KA100, and, and uh, you know we do see a lot of drivers do double duty in several different categories. Uh, in KA100 senior, it's a totally different top five in all, both races. We'll talk about that. Let's uh, have a look at the headline, boys, as we go into KA100 senior. Miles and Lemke win as Stanfield claims title. Yeah, this is one of the tight championship battles heading into the weekend, it included Stanfield, included Lemke, and also included the championship leader at the time, uh, Jeremy Fletcher. Unfortunately, Fletcher just did not have the speed uh, that he saw that we saw in the X30 Pro category in the KA100 Senior. So a little bit of an opposite weekend for him as he's been so good in the 100cc divisions. Out front, though, uh, again, a number of different drivers that were in the mix. This category had the two split pre-finals. So we had uh, top qualifier Alex Stanfield showing the way in the odd pre-final until Christian Miles made his way up to the front of the field in his senior debut pre-final. Even Brandon Lepke, a former winner and again, championship contender heading in the weekend. So uh, picking up good amount of points there with a pre-final win in the even race. Main event, five drivers essentially in the lead group. Uh, but the clear cream of the crop was Christian Miles. Just something about his speed all weekend long was just phenomenal. Was able to get up to the front late, and then uh, towards the end of the race, was able to hold off uh, Alex Stanfield in a uh, in a little bit of a drag race to the line. Stanfield just not quite enough of that top end speed to be able to nip uh, Christian Miles at the line to where it was only eighty six thousandths of a second between the two at the checkered flag. Uh, so Mick Gabriel, a good weekend for him started off Saturday with a uh, podium third place finish. So I think that was his, uh, first career podium at the USPKS program. Lemke ended up in the fourth position with Logan Adams, the, uh, Comet cart sales, 
uh, generation driver, uh, finishing in the fifth spot. One cool note you have here, David, that I thought was really cool uh, is that five different engine builders in the top five on that main event. That's really cool. Yeah, that was something I looked at while we were sitting there on the scales, waiting for them to go across the uh, and weigh. You know, you had uh, BBS with Christian Miles. You had the Allison Racing Engines with Alex Stanfield. AEM with McGabriel, so the old, their in-house program finishing third. Wolcher Racing Engines with Lemke. And then the Comet Racing Engines with Logan Adams. So quite a unique uh, top five there, including not only the engines, but the drivers and also chassis as well, too. Uh, John Burke scoring the hard charger, 46 spots up, 56th, almost the very tail of the field, ends up finishing in 10th. David, you have down contact here in the pre-final, but what a, what a great run for John Burke. Yeah, a couple incidents, not only at the start and then later on in the opening lap for John Burke, where he eventually was retired. Uh, yeah, certainly had the speed all weekend long, was among those uh, challenging at the front on Sunday as well. Uh, just unable to uh, to cash in on a top five finish for Burke, but uh, certainly a great drive on Saturday. Let's talk about uh, Alex Stanfield, the opportunity for him to win this championship at KA100 Senior. Comes out of the gate, of course, a second place finish in the final on Saturday, but qualifies on pole in Sunday. Ends up winning the pre-final as well, David. Seems like he had a focus on getting the job done. Yeah, I talked to him in the uh, the post-race or post-day interview, and he certainly was focused more so, I think, than he did at the Supercard USA Summer Nationals. Went into that weekend as a championship contender, but came up short, just didn't quite have the performances he needed. So as we talked about Saturday, had a good performance, essentially was P1 uh, in the championship chase, finishing second to hop behind Miles, who's making his first uh, senior start, but uh, Sunday got the points in that he needed with the uh, the bonus points in qualifying and then winning the pre-final. Christian Miles ended up in the even pre-final, so he was able to come out with a victory in that as Stanfield and Miles led the field to the green flag. But it was Brandon Lemke. Lemke was able to join up with Alex Stanfield at the front of the field, and those two worked, worked together, broke away from the field, and essentially decided the victory on their own. Again, Stanfield with not quite the straightaway speed he needed to win the drag race as Lemke was able to edge him out at the checkered flag by 29 thousandths of a second, leading only that lap for the victory. You got to think that Stanfield had in his mind too, hey, I can give Lemke this win. He can have the win, but I'll take the championship. Uh, you know, he went for it. He just didn't quite have that speed coming out of I-70 and down, down to the start finish line. Yeah. Uh, you know, you saw it, you know, Lemke essentially sat back there and kept pushing him down the straightaway, kept pushing lap after lap. So, you know, Stanfield had the setup. He got through the infields great and again, was able to break away, knew exactly what he needed to do. He knew that the Lemke, you know, victory wasn't going to hurt him in the championship run by itself. So, uh, again, a great smart weekend for Alex Stanfield to grab what his, his career second uh, championship at USBKS. Pretty impressive. Lemke with the win by 29 thousandths of a second. Stanfield in second. Christian Miles third. Josh Holtz in fourth. And Logan Adams rounding out the top five. Uh, Nate, what do we have for the hard charger? Hard charger, Emerson Reed, obviously not going to equal the 46 spots gained by John Burke, but still 38 spots from 54th to 16th. Incredible drive from Reed to get up to that spot in the final had a less than optimal pre-final i believe he got hit off or had mechanical issues i saw his post uh, earlier in the day but forget that 
what it was from. One thing I would like to add is we've been talking about the two senior categories and uh excuse me um forget Fletcher there it is Jeremy Fletcher not having the weekend he wanted mainly because he was not feeling good he was very under the weather and talking to some of the people who he's close with they haven't seen him this bad so hats off to him for a even driving but b always being in that front fight especially on Sunday yeah, you know, you know, Nate, at that level of competition, you know, all three of us are racers. Um, when you're at that level of competition, you have to be 100%. And even if you know, 95, 90, 85, whatever it may be, man, that's a significant, significant disadvantage when you're when you're racing against drivers of this talent. Yeah, especially especially in, like you said, with this talent in the K senior and the X30 senior fields are some of the most competitive in the country. I mean, Norberg said in his interview um with david on sunday that uspks is one is if not the most competitive series in america right now so for jeremy to be up front and fighting for wins when he's not feeling good is incredible feat for him and hats off to him on that yeah agreed 100 yeah. percent. and i go dave and i just question why you know i if i was in that situation or that role would i not focus all my attention on that k100 senior championship because oh, he still went he Yep. He still went double duty. You know, that that wears on you. We've we've seen it from a number of different drivers. Sometimes it just it just doesn't click. And unfortunately, all his good performances came in X30 Pro and not K100 Senior. So, you know, it sometimes you just kind of have to bite the bull and be like, you know what? I need to focus on this one program and let's do that. Uh, Stanfield did the focusing for sure. He ends up winning the championship by 30.8 points over Lemke, Fletcher 212 back. Aiden uh, Levy and Chase Hand back in fourth and fifth. All told, a great championship for Alex Stanfield in KA100. And as we knew, Ryan Norberg, his seventh USPKS title, an amazing feat. This guy, again, uh, generational talent. Second USPKS title. I thought it was the seventh all total. Seventh in, in, yeah, don't don't read the uh, other media. Oh, we're talking Rad and Scusa in there? Yes, that's what they did. There you go. I thought there we go. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. They're two different series programs. They don't coexist. All right. Let's go back to the break. We get back again. This edition of the race report brought to you by CRG Nordam. We'll go X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and we'll cap uh, that segment with X30 Masters. Don't go anywhere. We'll come back and talk about junior racing. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Carts is their flagship product, available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports all beginning at Cartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Cart and Villeneuve Racing Carts. 
Race Lab. Race with us, win with us. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver, Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to episode number 101 of the EKN Debrief. We'll cap things off at the finale of the USPKS Series, the Heartland Grand Prix from uh, Newcastle Motorsports Park. CRG Nordam, the sponsor of our race report section uh, of this edition of the Debrief. Rob Howden here with David Cole and Nate Dean. Uh, guys, let's jump into the X30 Junior class because a couple of drivers stepping up to get some solid championships onto the resume. Here's, we'll start with X30 Junior. Here's the headline. Double win weekend, hands title to Gaffera. It was uh, certainly his weekend uh, to as the driver to beat in this category, except for qualifying on Saturday, where we saw again, even though it's a green-white checkered qualifying session, the kids in the X30 junior category decided to play cat and mouse and jumping. Did. And, did they oh, really? Yes, oh, they no. did. And so, again, you had to lay down that lap, and, and Ernesto Riviera worked up with uh, Max Taylor, and they uh, worked together, and they were literally within a thousandth of a second between one another on their lap time. And Riviera was able to get that fast lap. I think Graffera ended up in like fourth or fifth. Uh, and essentially that was all he needed to be able to move up to the front in the pre-final. Unfortunately, while leading the pre-final with probably about a two second advantage, the engine let go with about three laps remaining. Wow. So that would put Caleb on the, on the sideline and at the back of the field for the main event starting in <clears throat> the 28th position you would think starting in 28th new engine not sure what it's going to do okay a top five finish would be amazing right caleb had other ideas and essentially a good battle for first or started up early in the main event a number of different drivers taking the lead that allowed caleb to close up get up into the lead group and essentially knife his way through that group and be able to get up into the lead by lap 13. And then leading the remainder of the race, Gaffera drove away to a near two-second margin of victory in a last-to-first performance in Saturday's main event. Wow, he had some win by, as David said, almost two seconds. Hard charger coming from the tail of the field. A tremendous story coming from the back. Uh, Nate, did you get a chance to watch that? Were you watch, watching the passes coming forward? I think most of 
the EK and Car Chaser guys were all watching from the scoring tower and we're having our speculations, little pre-race bets, if you will, of where yeah. he would end up. I think most of us were saying, you know, if everything goes this way, this can be a top five. We get about halfway through the race and all of us are kind of looking at each other like he has a genuine shot at this. And then sure enough, a few laps later, after the leaders couldn't sort out who they wanted to lead that pack, Caleb comes <laughs> in, takes the lead away and takes the win on Saturday, which is just an incredible race from Caleb and the RPG team to watch. And yeah, 20th to first, not yeah. an easy feat, especially in this field. Guys, it's one of the things about Newcastle too, isn't it? With the two long straightaways into the into the hairpins, that when the when the leaders aren't playing nicely, when they're not realizing they need to get away, the minute they start going two by two, either into I seventy or into scoreboard, scoreboard, it just stacks everything up and it brings everybody back into play. Well, not to not to mention the amount of different passing opportunities yeah. just within one lap. Yeah, true. you know, it's the, the the Newcastle circuit. You have passing opportunities everywhere. And so you could you could easily go from fifth to first in one lap without a doubt, it, as long as everybody's close and right there. So, you know that has that has a little bit of an element. You know, it's a little bit different than Road America. Road America's probably got maybe three to four good passing opportunities. This place you can pass forever. So, I if I have to start at the back, it's at, I'd want to do it at Newcastle. David, I would have to think that Gefera uh, getting a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence after coming from the tail of the field like that, right? I got this handled. I'm going to win this X30 Junior Championship. Uh, he showed it on Sunday, came out, qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final as well. Yeah, essentially swept the action on Sunday, kind of essentially went uh, unchallenged as uh, he was. Uh, he got down to third early in the main event, but essentially fought his way back up to the front. And then just put down lap after lap. You know, it was just a phenomenal performance. Drove away to a near five-second advantage. And I want to say his fast lap of the race, which was the quickest race, the quickest lap of the race, was on lap 18, the final circuit. Wow. Uh, Max Taylor coming home into the second spot. Sebastian Wilden in third. Edzo Vidmontiana, we talked about it in the paddock pass into fourth. And uh, Musella, Teddy Musella rounding up the top five. Uh, Nate, what do we have for a hard charger in this one? So Gavin went 13 spots from 26th to 13th. Again, on a track that is easy to pass on, but also hard to pass on at times, especially in a, like we said, in a field this challenging. But yeah, good overall uh, race from Gavin. Yeah, Gaffera puts another title on the resume as he uh, outguns Max Garcia by 106 points. Aiden and Grotta right in there as well in third. Teddy Musella in fourth and Weldon fifth. Any other surprises, David, next 30 junior? Surprises as in? Uh, anybody I mean, step Anybody step up? Anybody struggle? Uh, not, you know, not, not so much. You know, Garcia, you know, came in as a championship leader. Uh, you know, as we saw, he was right there on Saturday, finished in third, just not quite having the pace, you know, again, I think he was a target, you know, coming in as a championship leader to where, you know, everybody should have been looking at Caleb because yeah. of the, of the speed that he had, you know, the RPG guys stepped up and, and certainly battled the rest of the field. So that certainly helped Caleb in, in his charge to the championship. But um, again, the quality of drivers in this category is phenomenal. You know, any one of these drivers have the ability. It's again, who makes the least amount of mistakes and who can be more the most consistent. And and for for this weekend, it was Caleb with the two victories. Yeah, David, listening to the listening to the race on Ecan Radio uh, as I was driving, um, 
it seemed to me as well like Garcia was in that battle from like what six back to tenth or something like that on Sunday, and was just they were just not like they were scrapping back and forth. Yeah, as we said, you know, in in the Saturday main event, nobody, everybody wanted to lead, nobody wanted to to work together, and and I think you know that doesn't help Garcia having no teammates out there. You know, he's essentially by himself. You know, he's going to get up against. Uh, uh, Aiden and Grata, who he, he's had a lot of battles with, and Caleb. Mm-hmm. And then, you again, you throw in the RPG guys. They, they're trying to work together as much as they can. You know, you throw Weldon. Weldon's kind of out there by himself as well, too. So it's that's just essentially what it boils down to. These, these kids were scrappy and, uh, you know, didn't want to partner up with anybody to, uh, to be able to run down a leader. Or you know, or to break away like we see, like we saw in KA100 Senior, or even in some of the cadet races. All right, let's move to KA100 Junior. Here's the headline: Meza takes first career championship following wins by DeLong and Gaffera. Yeah, qualifying set a uh, uh, interesting surprise. We saw Luke Powers, one of the uh, the Midwest region drivers, uh, put down a, a flyer, put down a lap in qualifying to be able to put himself uh, at the front of the fifty. Was it 50 carts that they had yeah, there? 50 yeah, 50 carts in the in the KA100 senior category. So again, a good good lap by him. Unfortunately, he kind of shuffled down the order uh, as they ran through the pre-final and the main event. In the pre-final, it was Caleb Gaffera up to the front, scoring the race win there. And uh, in main event, though, however, it was a number of different drivers. Again, many of the same we saw in X30 Junior, all up there battling and trying to uh, to find their way to the front of the field. Uh, towards the end of the race, a little bit of contact between Max Garcia and Elio Meza allowed Parker DeLong to kind of slip through and inherit the lead and actually inherited about a two-second advantage uh, due to the contact that uh, that was in, I believe, cell tower corner. And that essentially gave DeLong the victory, a much-needed victory in his uh, championship bid coming in second in the points as uh, DeLong would pick up his first victory of the of the season. I don't think I've ever confirmed Fernando Luque or Luke's last name. I got to figure that out. For Fernando Luque. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've been saying from the beginning. But uh, Elio Mesa ends up in third, Luque in second, Gaffera fourth, Ernesto Rivera in the fifth spot. Uh, what do we got for the hard charger, Nate? So Cooper Shipman making up 32 spots, taking advantage of the pack racing that we see in the KA categories here at Newcastle. He started 49th, made his way all the way up to 16th. Man, good for him. Uh, 46, David, all the way up to 14th, excuse me. That's good. 32 spot improvement. Wait, 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 listen, that's that's worth the money right there when you're able to come that far forward. Yeah. Uh, David, Max Taylor got out of the gate quickly on Sunday, qualifies on P1. Yeah, again, one of the RPG drivers doing double duty as it was RPG all day. In the KA100 junior category, Taylor picking up fast time in qualifying. Ernesto Riviera picking up the win in the pre-final. Uh, however, Caleb Gaffera, I believe he started on the outside of the front row, was able to get the jump at the green and go on to lead wire to wire for what was his, uh, I want to say, third? Yes, third victory on the season, driving away to a near six-second advantage by uh, lap 18 and the checkered flag. Yeah, yeah, Rivera coming home in second, uh, Elio Mesa in third. That enough to be able to pip Garcia, who finished right behind him in fourth. 40 points between first and second, and then just 38 points back to Caleb Gaffera. Had Gaffera maybe had a better day on uh, Saturday, he may have found himself fighting for a championship again like he did in X30 Junior. But instead, Mesa gets his first title, put that on the resume. 
over Garcia, Gaffera, DeLong, and Shipman. And uh, speaking of DeLong and Shipman, David, a little bit of action there as well. Yeah, some off-track uh, situation involving uh, mechanics and parents. Uh, fight, Basically a fight at the scale. Uh, trying to uh, film. Uh, I was going to do championship filming. This was the first category on the racetrack all weekend long. Was going to try and film, uh, you know, championship celebration at the scales. Uh, unfortunately, as I was beginning to do that, a fight broke out between uh, Mr. DeLong and I believe Cooper Shipman's mechanic, along with a couple others involving the Iron Rock Motorsports team. Uh, unfortunately, Rick Jump there was the only one there to break it up. I tried to get in there and I got in there a little bit later than I could have uh, or should have. And um, again, I, I said some heated words because, again, I just this and again, still infuriates me. Um, this is just the type of things we don't need to see in our sport, especially parents doing it after their kids come off the racetrack. And um, so I apologize for some of the language I might've said at the scales, but it was because of the, the passion I have for the sport and the disgustedness I feel because of the actions of just a few people. And again, this is something I've talked about since Utah. We, we need security at every karting event like this. It's it's, it's, it's it's horrible that that's what you, again, you say it. We, we need security there because of what's happening. What we need really is it's, respect, right? Well, it's, it's, but, we, we, we're, why do we need babysitters for adults? This is, yeah. this is insane. You know, the kids are out there doing the best they can work, working hard, trying to produce, you know, the best result they possibly can let them get off the scales and congratulate each and every one of them. Instead of, instead of bickering and arguing about a contact that, officials called and didn't ma didn't really matter because it was there was nobody that was going to you know win the race aside from Caleb he was already gone yeah. it's just you know that that it just it's disgusting and and again i it's pissing me off again and i i really don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> Dude, Dave, that works for me. I get it. I, I've been in that 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 time before where there's something that really moves you and it and it ignites you. And you just don't, you just don't want to don't want to move any any more forward with it. That's fine. So we'll, we'll shut well, that down. We, but the problem is we have to like somebody well, no, in the I mean, sport. I mean, has I mean, to. The, I mean the conversation right now. Of course, yeah. The bottom line is this is a podcast in and of itself uh, of just the the odd evolution we we're into right now, where the respect level is gone. Uh, even on the racetrack, people are, are, are hitting each other, wrecking each other. You know, we see it on the racetrack, but then to see it off track as well, you know, all the stuff that happened in Utah, um, you know, the, the concept is, and you and I drill this a lot, uh, is that this sport is to a certain extent supposed to be having fun. Yeah, it's a hardcore competition, uh, but it's also fun. We're here to have a good time. And man, just, you just want people to show respect for each other, especially when it's on and off the racetrack, right? We talk about this a lot about the fact that, the, the kids are the ones that are battling on the racetrack together. You know what I mean? Like it just let them deal with it on the racetrack themselves. And then when they get off the racetrack, discuss it. And it has nothing to do with money because again, this was a trophy category. Yeah, <laughs> that too. That too. Uh, all right, Nate, what do we got for hard charger? So Fernando Luque starting from the second to last spot on the grid on the last row, starting 49th, making up 33 spots in the final to put him up to 16th crossing the line. Nobody ever wants to start deep in the field, but it's always fun when you pass that many guys <laughs> coming oh, yeah. back to the front. I've said that before. Uh, again, we talked about the points already. Elio Mesa with the championship over Max Garcia. So congratulations to Elio. Let's move into X30 Masters. And this is a big one. It is uh, the headline. Romaljo wins to secure championship. 
Yes, Romalo did win, and that was on Sunday. Unfortunately, Saturday was a different story as we had RJD. I still want to call him that, but I don't know if it's catching. I don't think it's catching on or not, but Renato Yadder David just was amazing on Saturday. Uh, Literally, his qualifying lap was just like jaw-dropping. I sat there with Mike Speed, and we're like, I don't know how he did it because it was it was basically without a draft and was almost half a second faster than anybody else out there. Wow. So wow. a phenomenal pace. Uh, prefinal drove away with a race win, but he was challenged in the main event. So the speed kind of went away there as the day went on uh, with Lorenzo Mardan and Mario Barrios up front chasing and battling for the race win. Barrios was actually in the lead when they received the white flag. But uh, he got shuffled back to third, and uh, and and so that's where he would end up. As um, Renato Jader David was able to edge out Mardan by seventy three thousandths of a second at the line for his second victory of the season. Unfortunately for Barrios, coming in for leading the championship, uh, was uh, essentially given six second pushback bumper penalty as he had no nose clamps on the nose piece. They were all completely gone. So uh, with no nose clamps, the, the, the bumper was sit- basically just sitting there dragging around. And that is uh, unfortunately a six second bumper, bumper penalty wow. and uh, dropped him out of the top five and certainly cost him some valuable championship points as uh, that would elevate Scott Cop into third, tr- uh, Scott Roberts into fourth, and then uh, Nikki Coella in fifth. Now, based on your notes here, Romalho was P6, uh, but had a penalty for contact himself, dropping him to 10th? Exactly, yeah. Romalho just d- didn't quite have the speed on Saturday, just kind of struggled with some pace and uh, finishing f- across the line in six, but ended up in a, in the 10th position uh, due to a contact penalty. Uh, Scott Roberts with a hard charger, in fact, gets hard charger in both races, 12th to 4th in race number one. Looks to me like RJD came out of the gate again on Sunday, Dave, and kept rolling. Yeah, again, quick early on, had that super fast lap once again in qualifying. I don't think it was quite the half a second advantage uh, that he did have on Saturday. As the field closed up a little more, he was battled or pressured in the pre-final, but was able to pull off the win. And then in the main event, it was it was as if everybody found that boost of speed as we had a probably a six-driver lead pack filled up. And uh, we put on a pretty good show, a lot of exchanges, a good, good, clean passing, um, you know, a lot of hard racing. Uh, eventually, Romalo was able to work his way up towards the front of the field. And then as he got into the lead, they started battling for second. And that gave him just the amount of distance that he needed to be able to cruise away to a 1.6 victory, which essentially locked up the championship for him. Wow, yeah, 27 points over Mario Barrios, who did not finish in the top five in either of the races in that middle of that championship fight. A couple of uh, top fives puts uh, Scott Kopp third in the points, Scott Roberts in fourth, and uh, Robertson rounds up, Danny Robertson rounds up the top five. As as I would mentioned, Scott Roberts, the hard charger in both races, uh, starts 12th in race one, 15th in race two. Guys, what, what Nate, what happened? Do you know what happened to Scott in the prefinals? I did not. I was not paying too close of attention to masters i think david would have a better idea i was too busy running yeah, around taking little, video a little bit of contact uh in the in the pre in each of the pre-finals kind of shuffled him off the off the racetrack uh so he fell down the order uh he again just a, not exactly the scott roberts weekend he wanted to have having some yeah. um some off-track issues 
um, going on. Hopefully that'll be resolved as I, I do send my best to Scott Roberts. Um, you know, but still, you know, was there racing and uh, was able to complete the weekend, just not exactly 100 percent in uh, in the uh, in the race mode side of things, but uh, was able to pull off some some somewhat fit good finishes to close out the year. But uh, yeah, well, hopefully we'll see more of Scott later on uh, this season. All right. Good to hear. We'll get an update on that later. All right, folks, we're going to cap off this edition. When we get back. We're going to wrap it all up with the two cadet categories, mini Swift and micro Swift after this break. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Cart Sales one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full carting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Back out at the cap off our race report segment of this edition of the ECAN Debrief as we dive into the USPKS finale from Newcastle Motorsports Park. The race report presented by CRG Nordam. And let's jump into Mini Swift. Here's your headline. Harvick completes championship run with fifth victory of the season. This was a, an interesting weekend in the Mini Swift category. We've seen a lot of competitive racing throughout the year. Uh, Harvick came in winning four straight. So that was obviously kind of the focal point, but a lot of the drivers stepped up. They were there to put on the challenge, uh, certainly, uh, quick enough and capable enough of being, uh, able to pick up victories. One of them being Alessandro Trucheau, the new mini Swift rookie. Uh, I believe he won the micro Swift, uh, winter series championship for Supercars USA. So I think a lot of his um, the international racing that he's been doing has helped kind of make that transition do well and was able to pick up fast time in qualifying. But was, however, Harvick able to score the win in the pre-final in Harvick fashion, knifing his way back up to the front of the field. Main event, however, was quite interesting. Uh, it was essentially a race to the line and Cameron, oh, let me get that right. Carson Weinberg, correct. <laughs> I always mix. See, I, I know we always I'm gonna, do. I'm, I, just, I just, I don't know why I do it, Rob. I don't no, know. I anyway, Carson Weinberg was able to 
establish himself as a leader coming out of I-70 and came across the line uh, with a provisional victory uh, in an exciting race. Unfortunately, however, he was removed from tech regarding an exhaust measurement. This was something that kind of went over into Sunday as they had to confirm some some uh, measurements and and double check things. And so this race wasn't official essentially until Sunday morning when they declared that the exhaust was uh, indeed uh, illegal, uh, thus taking the victory away from Weinberg, moving him to the tail and out of the uh, off the results and moved Harvick to the top spot of the podium which essentially locked up the championship on Saturday for him, uh, scoring his fifth straight victory. Yeah, Alessandro Trucho finishing in second, Kai Johnson third, Devin Waltz and Lucas Palacio rounding out the top five. Travis Pettit with the hard charger, 28 spots up for Travis, starting in 36th, worked his way up into a solid top 10 P8. Uh, Palacio, David, P5 in the main event on uh, officially on Saturday, but came back out of the gate, qualified pole on Sunday morning. Yeah, certainly had the speed uh, Sunday morning. We've seen him quick at Newcastle for a number of times. He loves that racetrack. I believe he picked up a victory here uh, in a micro swift category last year. So knows how to get around the racetrack. But it was another driver who knows the Newcastle facility, Isaac Malcutt, who uh, came away with the prefinal win. Eventually, it ended up being him and Weinberg that were able to break away in the main event and made it a two-driver fight for the victory. Uh, each driver kind of worked, you know, tried to measure each other up, had a couple of passes early on. I think it was Malcutt that jumped into the lead uh, early in the last lap of the race uh, in the far part of the section. As they made their way through I-70, however, Weinberg was setting up for a good draft. Unfortunately, timed it incorrectly and essentially put two wheels off into the dirt on the outside. That allowed Malcutt to kind of cruise off to the checkered flag to score his first victory of the season. Yeah, just under two-tenths of a second, separating first and second between Malkit and Weinberg. Kai Johnson again on the podium, P3. A couple of good runs for Kai. Tristan Murphy moving up to fourth, and Harvick capping off his USPKS season, his championship season, with a top-five finish. Uh, Nate, Travis Pettit had to do it again. Started 36th in the first race, up into eighth on Saturday. Once again, deep in the field, started 35th, uh, but a pretty good run for him on Sunday. Yeah, just not having the luck or pace he needed in those pre-finals, but obviously proving in the final that he's a contender for one of the fastest cards out there. Obviously, gaining 28 spots on Saturday, 24 on Sunday is not an easy feat, especially in, we said it before and I'll say it again, a competitive, very competitive class in this mini-sift category. And he, he actually had a Riley Scott moment was uh, driving around the racetrack with the fairing straight up in the air, <laughs> una unable to see uh, the racetrack. That was in one of the pre-finals. So uh, obviously contact did that to him. And I believe contact both days in the pre-final is what put him in the back. Uh, Harvick's championship, 216 points over Weinberg. Uh, Tyler Roberts ends up in third, Lucas Palacio fourth, and Ty Kai Johnson with those two podium finishes on uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday, working his way up into the top five in points. Let's go to the Micro Swift class to cap off this edition of the Race Report. Here's your headline. Woon survives to claim title as Vega and or Bezos score victories. Yeah, a lot of great drivers in this micro swift category. So many different uh, scenarios that could have played out uh, throughout the weekend and especially in the main events. 
One of those drivers that has already won on the season was Marco Samut. Uh, he was able to set fast time in qualifying, but it was Royce Vega, a Road America winner, who won the pre-final. In the main event, it was uh, it was quite an interesting race. A number of different drivers that were that were in the uh, in the hunt. Um, essentially, it came down to a last lap, last corner situation where Ashton Woon came down and was able to go from third to first in the in the final run from the uh, I-70 to the checkered flag to be able to score the provisional victory. Unfortunately, due to contact on the last lap with Nicholas Orbezo, dropped him uh, off the top of the podium and moved him all the way down to the fifth position, essentially moving up Royce Vega up into the top spot of the podium uh, for the victory. This was another category, however, though, that was unofficial as Saturday night and moved to Sunday due to exhaust situation again. This time it was Marco Samut, who was the driver that was in question and was later found to be disqualified for his exhaust. He came across the line provisionally in third until the disqualification. So again, this category was not official until Sunday morning, moving Vega up to the number one spot due to contact with Ash or due to a contact penalty by Ashton Woon and then Samut losing the third position because of an exhaust disqualification. Wow, lots going on. Uh, yeah. So Vega with the win, Simone second, Jacob Bajeski in third on the podium P3, Jackson Gibson fourth, and Ashton Woon in fifth. And of course, they'll do it all again here on Sunday. Uh, AJ Stone was the hard charger, up 11 spots, started 25th and ended up 14th in the opening race for Micro Swift. But uh, uh, Samut, is it Samut, is it Samut or Samut? Did you figure it out? He Probably said both. <laughs> he hasn't. He has. Ne- yeah, I know it's bad. I know. We'll 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 have him sit down and talk with you a little bit more about making sure the name is correct. The name's but, correct. Uh, Samut. Let's just say Samut yes. for now. We'll I'll confirm yeah. it next time we get to the track. He uh, qualifies on pole. David Ann wins the pre-final as well. Yeah. Again, came back with a brand new exhaust out of the box. You know, no issues. So you know, it was a good redemption story going yeah. for him. Uh, come Sunday morning and then through the day, except for in the main event, a little bit of contact shuffled him off the racetrack and out of the race. So that, uh, that hurt that redemption move. Uh, the main event essentially broke down to top four, kind of getting away. Uh, it was Jacob Majeski was one of those drivers had a really good performance going. Unfortunately, that last lap got shuffled wide and was out in uh, turn number two. Uh, that made it three drivers now battling for the victory or Bezo was sitting there fourth. He got moved up into third. And then as passing continued on, Nicholas found himself right in the lead coming out of I-70 and was able to win that drag race to the line to pick up his first victory of the season by 80,000 yeah, 80, of a second over Simone. Yeah, well done. Uh, Ashton Moon capping off the top uh, three and again winning the championship by 42 points over Simone, a very tight championship in the Micro Swift class. Gibson, Vega, and Orbezo, the final three drivers in the championship and in the race. Orbezo with the win, as David had mentioned. Simone Moon on the podium, Cameron Marsha, and Drew Waltz rounding out uh, the top five there. And uh, Nate, let's have a look at the hard charger. So, hard charger gaining 10 spots. Luke Giglio pronounced probably pronouncing that wrong but starting 18th making up those 10 spots to get into the top end top 10 finishing his weekend and his uspks season in eighth 
All right, let's cap this thing off after this last break, folks, in this edition of the Debrief. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We'll look at the Constructors' Championship to see which brands were able to find their way to the top of the podium. And, of course, we'll, as always, look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar. We're essentially capping off the final three events that we'll be trackside for in 2022. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the U.S. Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the U.S., or the Super Soft Green SS and the Intermediate White IZ Optional Compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long-lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. Need race fuel or oil? Hyperfuels is an authorized distributor for several of the brands that are spec fluids in American karting, including Elf and Aspen Sport. They also stock and ship methanol. Hyperfuels has a web store that can take your orders 24-7, and they ship UPS. That's right. Hyperfuels can ship fuel and oil right to your door. Whether you need Elf Racing Fuels or Elf ATX 909 Oil or Aspen Sport 98 Octane Fuel for Screws of Competition, they have it in stock. When you need it now, go to hyperfuels.com. Welcome back to the ECAN Debrief, episode 101. This will cap things off. Our final segment here as we wrap things up from the USPKS and the finale at Newcastle Motorsports Park in our ECAN Trackside Live coverage. My name's Rob Howden, joined by David Cole and Nate Dean. Guys, let's wrap things up, David. I, I look at the notes. First thing I see, really happy to read it. No red flags on the weekend. Yeah, no red flags on the weekend. We did have a flip on Thursday. I wasn't aware of until I saw it on social media. Uh, Keelan Harvick able to pick up his uh, his first flip of his career. And uh, thankfully, it was in the grass, was able to move on, and again, score the championship. But uh, Friday through Sunday, uh, no major incidents, no red flags. So it was all in all a good weekend. And, and really, to kind of back that up, was the clean starts we saw for nearly 100% of the weekend, including the 60 carts in K100 Senior and the 50 in K100 Junior. You would expect those two categories to have just a free for all and, you know, big pileups and, and injuries and et cetera. We saw none of it. Yeah. We did see, you know, a couple, some wheel to wheel action, a couple spin outs here and there, but not, you know, those major incidents that we, we've, we saw so many years ago with, yeah. with large fields. So, you know, no red flags and clean starts that that's really a big highlight for, for the series finale. So let's let's you guys were trackside there all weekend long. As you're there, you're talking to a lot of people, whether it be on the track, uh, in the paddock, whatever it may be. What's what's the thoughts for 2023? They're going to expand the schedule a little bit. The 11th season of the series. What's what's the what's the new season going to bring? 
at least from my standpoint, I think we're going to see one finals per weekend. Uh, I think, you know, the, the Newcastle weekend was a super long weekend. You know, we were at, you know, drivers were on track at eight o'clock. We didn't get done with podiums until, you know, say seven o'clock, even later on Sunday because of the championship situation. I think, you know, that could have been the one change they could have done this year already was the one final. It, 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 you know, you just look at it schedule wise timing. It just, there's just too much going on. You're they're working their, their staff too long. It, there's just a lot of that. So I think we're going to see one final per weekend. I think it's going to still be the same amount of track time, just broken up into heats and a main event, you know, even LCQs as well too. And, and hopefully that'll work. I think people got to realize that if you want to be professional, there's only one race winner on the weekend. That's <laughs> that defines professional racing. You don't have multiple winners in multiple different categories. You got the one winner. That's it. And so we just got to get that through. I think people's heads. I think the teams will be behind it because it's still, it's the same amount of racing. It's the same amount of product. It's the same amount of prep preparation and work ethic. So I think it's more so the parents that we have to get through to see hey, you're going to be done before five o'clock and be able to go to a nice dinner on Saturday or Friday, you know, whether instead of staying at the racetrack till eight o'clock at night and then trying to find a place that's even open in some of the yeah. areas we go to. That's true. Um, so that I don't know about numbers, though. That's, you know, Nate, I don't know what your thoughts are on if numbers are going to get larger, if they're going to stay about the same or if we're going to see a decrease or because of the five events now in expanding the series program. Yeah, I was going to bring up the expanding the weekends to five. I'm not sure what that will do for numbers. I think we've come off of a very strong season for the series that just seems to be growing since uh, 2020 with over two, like we said, over 200 entries per weekend, which has been great for them. And it's for someone who hasn't been to every weekend like you guys have, it's kind of hard to predict, but you could see a drop in numbers for maybe the Texas round or more of the Southern rounds, but then you bring in the hypothetical of, okay, maybe we get more of those Southern drivers and we don't have as much full-time entries, if that makes sense. But yeah, it should, should be interesting to see. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it will be interesting. I, I think that you, I think you look at the strength of the Texas uh, sprint racing series that may show that you're going to get some local drivers coming to run the USPKS when it comes to uh, the race at speed sports. Uh, David, you, you know, we always can count on some good local numbers running at GoPro, uh, always at Newcastle. I, I would think that based on what we're seeing for IAMI racing down in Texas, we're going to see a pretty good turnout down there. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say Orlando and Texas are probably going to be the two biggest events that we have. Uh, on the season, you know, we saw it already. Orlando had over 300 entries. We had haven't hit that mark um, yet, uh, you know. And then I'm, I'm trying to pull up the schedule because I can't remember where we go after that. So we go to Newcastle now. So Newcastle is going to be middle of the season. So that's going to draw the same amount of numbers: 250 drivers, probably or 250 entries. You know, for for a June event. You know, summer's happening. Maybe we'll get more West Coast drivers out to Newcastle because. Uh, you know, they're going to prep for for summer nats in July. So yeah. that could be a possibility as well. And I think, you know, Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, I think that's going to pull in a good amount of drivers because it's a new facility. People haven't been to that. 
and the Bela family go a hundred percent all in on what they do that, you know, we see it at the racetrack. And so, you know, that's going to pull in some numbers and then you end it with GoPro, you know, the locals always show up there. So, um, you know, overall, I think it has the ability to, to be stronger than in 2022 in terms of numbers. So we'll, it's just a wait and see mentality. It depends on who graduates in the cars. It depends on who doesn't, you know, who, who graduates, uh, the different categories. And again, how many new drivers, the teams and, and competitors are, are, you know, the teams in the series are able to bring in. Yeah, that's it, David. Like, you know, the new people coming into club racing, the new people coming into regional and the, and the maybe regional drivers looking to step up one more level to run nationally. That's something we could definitely see. Uh, let's get back to capping off this edition. Nate, let's uh, run us through the Constructors Championship. Seven brands over the 14 wins. David, I know you'll be able to probably help out a little bit with actually who wins races. But, but Nate, walk us through the, the, the guys that were able to get wins. Yeah, so Cosmic, the big winner for this year, taking seven wins on the season. Big jump from first to second with Tony Cart in second, getting two wins. And then you have Perlin, Merlin, Nitro Cart, Benick, and LN Cart all tied for third with one, which for OTK, that's 10 wins for them. So great season for them. Yeah, 10 wins for, for the OTK brand. Again, Cosmic, you have RPG picking up two with Hayden Jones, three with Caleb Gaffera, uh, or Nicholas Orbezo is actually on a cosmic as well too. So that ad helped add to the, the cosmic total. You saw, uh, the Tony cart victories, Parker DeLong picking up one of those, uh, Perlin with, uh, with, um, Keelan Harvick, Merlin, Brandon Lemke, nitro cart with Ike, uh, Malcutt, and then the Bannock with, uh, Royce Vega. And then Christian Miles, again, a great performance on the LN Racing Cart by Christian Miles. Again, you always wonder that transition from junior to senior, and Christian Miles certainly put put, yeah. put that to bed, no <laughs> doubt. Answered that question pretty quickly, didn't he? Yes, he did. I love it. And did like I think I saw it on social media. Did they not drive like through the night to get to the track and sleep in the car? Did I read that somewhere? Yeah, I think it was Wednesday night. They drove uh, to the racetrack, slept in the car for to be ready for Thursday practice. That's amazing. I love that. All right, folks, let's wrap things up. We'll look at the ECAN trackside live race calendar, where we're going to be over the next couple of months. This one presented by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the United States, OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, and EOS chassis, and now the new Gallard and Lando Norris brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, EOS, Gallard, or LN Kart, visit www.otkusa.com. All right, David, here we go. Uh, Newcastle for two more weekends. We actually, I leave next Wednesday. I think we both leave next Wednesday. Nate's coming down as well. The Cup Carts North America Grand National Six at Newcastle Motorsports Park, September 29 to uh, October 2nd. We'll have a lot of coverage. Nate's going to do the heavy lifting on the coverage because uh, we're doing some driving. Yes, we are. Back <laughs> behind the wheel. My first time since last year this time. So, yeah. Uh, Excited to, to shake a lot of rust off, excited to get back behind the wheel, excited to work with Marshall Martin and the entire Camp Chaos and Target Distributing crew, get to work with you and Jeffrey again, 
uh, CRG Nordam. He's coming down. He's got a host of drivers that are going to be competing uh, on the CRG brand. So uh, I think we have nearly a CRG in every category this year, except for maybe kid cart. So uh, that's going to be exciting. And uh, again, just to, it'll be great to be trackside with you again, back behind the wheel. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? I'm look, really looking forward to it. We're going to come out with a full on-track kind of preview either late this week or early next week with the teams we're running with. I'm actually going to be uh, with Brandon Jarsakrak and Precision Performance Karting uh, on a Coyote. I've never driven a Coyote before. Before I'll be on the, the new Coyote Zenith. I'm looking forward to that, running in the Legends class. Going to be a lot of fun there. Of course, as we said, Nate will be there as well. He's going to focus on coverage and photography and video throughout the weekend. So it's first time ever all three of us are going to be trackside. So this will be awesome uh, for what should be a pretty cool run to the end of the year. Uh, we'll be there the following weekend as well, David. Uh, two back-to-back weekends here at Newcastle. The Rotex U.S. Trophy Final. October 7th, 8th, and 9th. It's been a while since you and I have been at a Rotex Grand, a Grand National style event uh, uh, together as they'll crown, or they'll not crown, but they'll select the drivers uh, who are going to be part of Team USA at the Rotex uh, Grand Finals. Well, drivers will earn their way with yes. uh, the East and West drivers coming together to form a uh, collaborative championship. So very close to what we used to see in the Stars of Karting days. So they'll take their points, put them all together and decide, you know, Rotax Grand Final tickets through those guys, along with the open tickets for drivers to earn based on their performance on Sunday in the main event. So, yeah. yeah, I was at the 2020 event in Charlotte. It, it again, still... It still gets you every time when you see a driver holding up a Rotax Grand Finals ticket. It's just, it's amazing experience. Yeah. Okay, last but not least, uh, we go another month and a bit into November 16th to the 20th. It'll be our final trackside event of the year, at least at this time it will be. The 25th running of the Supercarts USA Super Nationals at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Looking forward to getting back to that one. Uh, I launched my first magazine there in 1998. The second uh, event, uh, I've been at all of them. It's been a fantastic run so far. Looking forward to the 25th. Be interesting this year. I'm going to suit up, as we all know, my drive for 25. I'm actually going to race at the Super Nationals as well as announcing uh, as the, the lead chair with Cart Chaser once again with Xander Clemens. He and I were texting a couple of days ago talking about how exciting he is to be able to be out there for that event. But, guys, it's going to be a great one. Back to the Super Nats again. And, and Nate Dean, this will be the first one for you, right? This will be the first for ekn trackside coverage i've been in 2017 2018 but it's been a while since i've been to vegas and watched super Nats, so really looking forward to it we're gonna put you to work this time though this is a good it'll be fun oh yeah <laughs> and as david knows just there's gonna be a pretty solid steak dinner somewhere in there right david yeah you better like steak nate <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you don't that's we didn't put that on, i don't think we put that on the uh no, the job did application not. did we oh my gosh yeah i know you that's know it. that yeah that again i'm looking for first off i'm looking forward to seeing nate uh get to work at cup carts because he's gonna he's gonna do my role so yeah we're gonna we're gonna see what nate's made of and i love it it's gonna be great <laughs> but we but, but more so more so we're going to be all together because that's something we haven't done since yeah. we hired Nate. So I think that's more so of what I'm looking forward to uh, getting together. And again, finding out what Nate likes to eat and what he doesn't like to eat, because we, as we all know, my trials and tribulations over the last 18 years have been quite unique. I haven't even, I literally haven't even asked Nate the question when we're done this broadcast. Well, when we're done here, we will we'll ask, I have no idea. Like, do, what do I need? Do I, do I need to bring like, just, is he a vegetarian? I don't even know if he's a vegetarian or not. We'll yeah. Does he even go to, does he even go to Waffle House, David? Oh my gosh. Oh, hey David, has he ever had in and out We don't even know. 
I don't know. That we need a whole podcast just on this. We do. We do. This is this is stuff. It's like going on a first date for God's sakes. <laughs> it's, it's been too long, Rob. I can't even talk about that. I know. You'll have your internet, David. Don't worry. All right, All right folks. All right. We're going to wrap things up here now. What a fantastic show it's been. Amazing stuff, obviously, because of uh, uh, of the, this program, which has become such a solid, massive program on the East Coast. It really is, uh, as David had mentioned, the numbers are larger than the Supercarts USA Pro Tour uh, for the most part. So uh, a big series. Looking forward to new things next year for the USPKS. David mentioned you know, five events. Will they go to the single final? This is going to be a great season next year, but this one's wrapped up and done. Congratulations to all the champions who were able to score uh, titles. And of course, last but not least, big thank you to Trinity Carding Group, who is the presenting sponsor of this edition of the EKN Debrief. Folks, we're done for this one. Three more races to come on the season. Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals, the Rotax U.S. Trophy Final, and the Supercarts USA Super Nationals. On behalf of Nate Dean and David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.